I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. To going out with Jake Cornell. <laughs> I am Jake Cornell. And I'm Katie. <laughs> At some, do you think we ever get to stop doing that, or do I have to intro the show every time? I do have to intro the show every time. It's just becoming clear that I really don't enjoy it. You really don't like it. So part of me is like, I just love. I hate any part. I do it with the guests too. I like any part of it that feels like, well, I like don't. It's just like I want to get in. Yeah, that's it's very good. Scorpio of me. I want to get to the meat of things. I'm <laughs> at my best right now because I have two different beverages. Yeah. I have one, but it's a really solid beverage. I actually, today. Ooh, Spindrift? Yeah, I have a Spindrift. Okay. You have, well, I have never seen those before. So I'm obsessed with how in Italy you can get these like fruit sodas and now they're becoming popular here. I feel like the, it's like another version of like a San Pellegrino. Wait, do you have to like turn it over though? Yeah, it's a little pulpy. So I'm going to turn it over and okay. then I'm going to open it. I love that. I used to work at a restaurant, Ooh, a vegan restaurant, and we. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> This room is carpeted. Fuck. Okay. Oh my god. It's all over my crotch, it, and it's cold. Okay. Here, use this stupid sweatshirt. <laughs> I think I. I mean, truly, my pants in the chair have absorbed most of it. Beautiful. Okay. Wow. 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 This is gorgeous. Um, what was I saying? Honestly, the beverage tastes so good, though. It's fine. So good. Okay. I was gonna say that when I work, I used to work at a vegan restaurant, and we used to sell these like really fancy juices there, like. You know, those like fresh pressed juices that like- Did you all, press them there? They like had a facility and then this guy, this gotcha. really hot guy would deliver them. Ooh, okay. Um, but the reason I brought that up is because it was like a thing, part of my training, quote unquote, was like you have, like the way you had to turn it over so that it wasn't, so that it wouldn't like explode when you open it, but you had to like turn it very <laughs> gently over to get all the sediment. It was so annoying. I was always really annoyed when people ordered them. I don't- Juice is bullshit, right? Like juice isn't actually good for you. I, I feel like, I don't know. Like I, I feel like there I are people. That, sorry. No, I was just gonna say there are people that like do the juice cleanse thing. Well, that's definitely bad for you. Yeah, hundred percent bad for you. I just saw a thing that apparently like smoothies. I saw. I mean, like okay. I'm actually just like I can't handle when health things are canceled. Something really devastating happened to me this week. I hate. I saw when a TikTok from a dentist. No, this one's gonna. This one might really hurt you because it actually like I can't really handle it and it's been really affecting my quality of life. I saw a TikTok with a dentist who said that Listerine is bad for you. Listerine, and I was like, I literally have I like cling to Listerine. I love Listerine, and he was like, the alcohol in Listerine is bad for your gums. Like you need to get the alcohol free one. And I'm like, I really want like that antiseptic, burning Listerine. And I know that like. I just like the general consensus on all health things is like if it burns, it's bad. Like nothing should actually burn. Like in general, like nothing should burn except like maybe peroxide on a wound. And even right. then you shouldn't be like dunking in it all the time. Yeah. But I'm like, I want the burn. Like that's what okay, I had this <laughs> this phase in, in college where like I thought that um witch hazel could like fix everything for me. So bad for your skin. Terrible, but it, terrible for oh, your it skin. Turns and into it a burns. Purse. Yeah. 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 No, I 
a lot of people, everyone, a lot of people have had witch hazel phases, and then yeah. you have to kind of or like pull tea them tree off. oil, which also burns. Oh well, tea tree oil was really big in my home because my mom was <laughs> constant was like lice. The situation you were dealing with growing up, like was like lice, like a, a struggle. No, but I had like a really crazy fear of lice to the point where I didn't let anyone use my hairbrush, not even my sister. Yeah, my mom. <laughs> My mom was like deeply afraid of lice and there was like a lice outbreak at one point in time. And so my mom, apparently lice hate tea tree oil. So my mom <laughs> used to like drop her tea tree oil into my sister and I's hair and we would come in just like stinking like a spa. <laughs> just like the two of us like doused in tea tree oil to like make sure. I actually really like the smell of tea tree oil. I, I think, don't mind it. Because yeah. it reminds me of childhood, but like. Um, it's definitely pungent though. <laughs> oh, it's fragrant. Yeah, like it is no joke, but I like really fuck with it. Wait, were you? Are you like an essential oils person? Like, are, is that something that you like on my skin? No, just like, do you do you care about like essential oils, or were you like earthy like that? I wouldn't say I care about them, but I wouldn't say I'm like against them. Like, yeah. I remember one time before an audition I had my, with my friend Stacy. She was like, we were like nervous for the audition, mm -hmm. and she whipped out some lavender essential oils and like put it on our neck so that we had like this like calming aroma, and we both booked that it, audition. Oh, wow. So I think I do think lavender essential oil can like fix everything. Is citronella an essential oil? I don't know. That's my favorite smell. I don't know what that is. Yes, you do. Like citronella candles, like for like anti mosquito. Like, the oh, ones... you like that smell? Oh my god, it's the best smell in the world. Oh, I don't like that. Wait, really? Really? Okay, <laughs> citronella is my favorite smell. What's like? Wait, when I say favorite smell, one, two, three. Like, what's your answer? Lavender. Lavender is oh, okay. my favorite smell, or like the f smell of like chocolate chip cookies coming out of the oven. Does that count? Duh, duh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that's like an incredible smell, but it's like I think I guess when I think favorite smell, it has to be something that can kind of like permeate and hang, like. Like yeah. any of the, like the Yankee candle, like any of the dessert flavored Yankee candles, hell. Those are awful. The cupcake one, prison. Okay. I, one of my good friends from college, he is from this little town in Massachusetts. And the uh -huh. only thing the town is known for is being like the headquarters of Yankee candle. I've driven, I've driven through it. They, There's call, like it, a they call it the center of the universe, SC. <laughs> <laughs> I actually fucking love that. I love it so much. Oh my God. It, what's the town called? Deerfield? That sounds right. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. It's like, with candles, it's like I, the dessert ones, I don't fuck with at all. I like, Ooh, is she about to pee? I think I think Penny is about to go to the bathroom. Oh my God. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And we um, we returned from a brief break when Back Penny to you had after panic diarrhea. <laughs> oh my god! There is this one. Okay, so she's been having issues all week, and I've been feeding her a very strict diet of chicken and rice. And then the FedEx guy who comes every day, like the dogs, just or no, the UPS guy. The dogs love him so much, and he always has these giant treats. And he just he gave her one, and she was eating it before I realized. And she yeah. just shit it all over this fucking sound. And she just <laughs> really made a mess, girl. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to watch the footage back of that. I want no idea. <laughs> what were we talking about before Patty and I did that? <laughs> this intro is gonna be so crazy. <laughs> I, oh my god. I honestly don't remember. Um, I. Uh, this is a moment where I'm like, I'm glad I don't have a dog. Like, I love Penny Lane more than anyone, but, like, I can't. Like, that moment was pretty tough for me. Yeah, I mean, the joys of motherhood, man. I realized that um, 
yeah, I, I don't want children because like if that is yeah, any I, signal of anything. Yeah, there's a litany of reasons I can't have children and that's absolutely one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> kids are so gross. They're so gross. They're always sticky. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that about? I mean, kids? I don't. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've, I don't touch kids that often, so I'm not really it. tactilely experiencing them. But like sometimes I look I at a kid. I hate when you. I hate when you look at a kid and they're moist. Yeah. Like wet face, wet hands. I'm like, I literally hate that. What I really can't deal with is like on public transportation, a kid. Like I don't know if this ever happens to you or if this is just me, but like sometimes kids just fucking stare at me and they stare me down, and it kind of scares me. Yeah, I've had that <laughs> before too. I don't. I just don't look at kids really. I yeah. don't, I, I'm not really like paying attention to children. Penny Lane really likes them. So like, she'll always go up and I'm like, don't talk to them. <laughs> don't talk to them. I don't, don't want to talk to them. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Well, this intro was going to be longer, but we lost time to, to Poopgate Penny, Penny 2022. Gate 2022. Um, this week's episode, we really, really get into, you know, sort of spiritual mind expansion, exploration, searching the soul going out in alternative ways, a really, a, a deep dive of a different sort that the podcast hasn't had yet. And I absolutely adored recording this episode and hanging out with my guest. She is a true delight. Uh, you may see her on the newest season of The Handmaid's Tale. She is an icon. She's a star. She's an actress. Please enjoy me going out with Genevieve Evangelson. Okay. I find that fascinating. I'm going to watch it. Um... This is the first format of this episode that's ever happened, or this this is the first time an episode has played out this way, which is we met for the first time by going out together yesterday. Yeah. And we had a very beautiful, quick little, not even lunch date, because we didn't eat. We had a coffee date. We just had a coffee date. I think you're my one and only coffee date, Genevieve. I don't think I've ever had a coffee date before. Well, I think that we got there by both of us being really honest about our needs. Our needs. Well, because, do, should I allow Yeah, please. I was like, listen. Well, okay, you want to know what? I felt the mantle of knowing how much you know about going out, how much you care about going, um, your your taste for different restaurants or whatever. And I just felt like I needed to tell you right up front, like, so I'm like not a big drinker. Yeah. And you were like, but let's go, let's either meet up for like a drink before dinner. Because uh-huh. we, we also very much established that we both schedule wise, because I'm leaving, there was yeah. no way like a dinner was happening. See, no, I didn't get clear on that. I would have definitely done a dinner Okay. I've also been having dinner at like 5.30 at night because I've been spending so much time with my nephews. And so I have never, oh. I, I, I've truly like never been such a boring person. Um, but but carry on. But then you came back and you had had a huge weekend. Yes, I had had a huge weekend. I had a, had a, a cousin's wedding. It was all over the place. And so then it was like, oh, because we were originally going to meet up on Sunday. And then that did not That's happen right. because I was very hungover and tired. Respect. And then we moved it to a coffee on Monday. That was really lovely. So lovely. And I also think that like, the, the, it's it's like the perfect couch of safety, right? Which is that like, there's two really curious people who can have the time and space to get to know each other without the often, I think, um, terrifying duration of a meal. Yep. Particularly between uh, strangers, apart from the fact that I had listened to podcast <laughs> and I totally worship you. Like I, I... You know, that it's just sort of this, like, let's really sink our teeth into the added value of getting to know someone for an hour without yeah. the commitment of, uh, like, passing the point of expiration. I really liked it. No, yeah. it was, and it was very, um, 
it felt very mature and it felt very like, also it was just very funny because I was like, I knew, because you listen to the podcast, so you knew yeah. some stuff about me. I had, I've watched, I've like, I've seen, I had actually, it was very funny because I had just started when, when Jeffrey reached out to me to put us in contact, I had literally just finished watching the first episode of the after party. <laughs> so I was like, wait, I'm like, I, when I, and when I say just sitting, I mean like sitting on the couch, like had, it had just ended. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't tell you this yesterday. And so then I was like, wait, that's her. I was so confused. It felt very like, so it felt like one of those moments where like someone was watching you and like orchestrated something time wise. But so other than having seen your work, I like didn't know anything about you personally. And so I was like, I don't know what this, this us meeting up, obviously we had texted. So I got in your tone that you were very like effusive and um, we were both very direct about like communicating, but I really appreciated that when we sat down, we just got to it. We sank our teeth right in. <laughs> and this was how Yeah, I said, this is what I don't want to talk about on your podcast. And then yep. I dived right in. You met me. <laughs> yeah. You met me there. I met you hard. It was amazing. I made a very self-effacing joke about being from LA. And so like, <laughs> referring to astrology where you fucking double met me and you yeah. were like, what's your moon and your rising? We <laughs> went into that. I know. I kind of can't <sighs> believe that you don't have Scorpio in your big three because Marsha, my partner who I'm doing the friend show with, we both always joke about because we're both Scorpios. There's mm. like no small talk. Like it's just straight to like the marrow. Mm. And I feel like that's where we went. There was very little small talk. I mean, it does sort of beg the question of like, can you just find yourself in any astrology? Yes. I mean, I'm I think like, I'm an Aries. So I'm like, I come in hot and like effusive and I'm a leader and yeah. Well, that's what, when, whenever someone's like critical of whether or not you believe in astrology, I'm like, look, it is a tool through which I am able to introspect. And that's all it needs to be. Like, even if it's not true, it is like, I have found it very useful in terms of the terminology and the framework within to self-analyze. I have felt it very, very helpful. And when like my astrology app says that like I'm going to have a bad week, do I get a little nervous? Yeah. Do I like manifest, pardon me, do I manifest like a bad week? No, I'm not like, do you know what I mean? I'm not like canceling plans because like Chani told me that like it's going to be a bad week. But like I think about it. I just don't do it. Two things. One, it's why I think practicing sun sign astrology is really just for ding-dongs, which is like saying you're Irish, you must love to drink and that's yeah. your whole personality. But then also I have a friend who is like, here's what astrology is for. Good news. Yes. <laughs> if it's not good news, I don't want to hear about it. And it's just like for entertainment. If it is good news, it's science and religion. <laughs> Do you know what I find? I find it the most helpful, not, not quite for good news, but when I'm feeling like, what the fuck, sort of, yeah. I'll like text my friend David Odyssey, who is a of, of course, David Odyssey, he is an astrologer, <laughs> but I'll text him and I'll be like, hey, like, I feel insane. And he'll be like, okay, like, let me look. And he'll be like, oh yeah, well, like this, this, and this is going on. And whether or not that's real or not, I choose to believe it is. Being told that there is a context through which I'm feel, why I'm feeling a certain way, why things are feeling like they're happening a certain way, is like peace, peace giving to me. What I'm hearing is that it makes you feel attuned to. Yep. It makes you feel understood by yourself and by some outsourced validating force. And it sounds like it's helping you to move your personal needle forward towards actualization. What could be harmful about that? Exactly. Also for the uninitiated, what I was referring to is that almost everyone knows like, oh, I was born in the middle of April, therefore I'm an Aries, but few other people or few people would also know that there are, you know, a ton of planets and a ton of houses and a ton of transits yes. and that like all of those things are interacting at once, just like all of the chromosomes of your DNA. Yes. And that is sort of the way to, for instance, 
the Chinese say that like the most um, the most important sign to to understand and befriend is your moon sign because it's your underworld, it's your subconscious, it's your inner child, it's your emotional body. And so for me recently, I've been like grappling with this defining sign of my Gemini, which is that I am constantly litigating two sides of an issue without any kind of um, resolution. And it's like a kind of torture. So knowing that about my chart, I've been able to reach out to other Geminis and say, hey, how do you handle this? And like get their advice and grow from that feeling of uh, uh, torture by my own shadow. I've never heard of someone reaching out with a, to someone for a sim, with a similar placement for guidance, and that's yes. so smart Isn't and that, lovely. Thank you. Someone told me to. I was talking to someone about it, and they were like, "Why don't you talk to other Gemini's?" And I was like, "I'm going to talk to other Gemini's." That's really smart. I love that. Um, yes. So you had mentioned that you you don't drink that much. Um, do you go? We we didn't really talk much about. We were like talking about all the stuff that we're not talking about today, today yeah. <laughs> yesterday, yeah, 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 yeah. which was great. Um, but I think that like, um, or do, do, you, do you enjoy know the etymology of that? Of what? Of not drinking. Yeah, sure. I'm happy. Uh, uh, what were you going to say? I was going to ask, well, I think my question will probably get answered and have better context if you go into the, uh, the etymology of yeah. it. But I was going to ask, like, do you still enjoy going out with people like on a night out or to a restaurant or whatever? Um, yes. But I'm curious. Let's start with the etymology of I it. I will say on that, the only thing that begins to make me anxious is my, um, very fragile relationship with sleep, which is um, the thing that rules me. And so in that way, makes me a fucking loser. But like- in No, but it's good to that like, you know that about yourself. Well, sure, but also like in, in, oh my God, there's a dog in the studio that is yeah. really sensational. In listening to your prior episodes though, it's like, I'm really, I like, I envy what I'm gonna just call the physical health of the people who are like, let's make it a night. Like, yeah. let's go somewhere. Let's not know like who the fuck's attic we're in at 4 a.m. Like, let us be new friends with like 15 new people. Uh-huh. I am so committed to the way I'm going to feel tomorrow morning that it's hard for me to live with that kind of abandon. However, oh God, I'm reminded of my begrudging spirit animal, Bethany Frankel, and how she says, (laughs) I'm 90% homebody, 10% animal, and you never know who you're going to get. I've been I, loving her on TikTok, I have to say. But because she's a beauty influencer, she it's like so funny. You? But it's like it's just so the way she goes about it is so funny. She's like always talks like she's mildly irritated, but like also excited. And I don't. There's something about her that is she's in a, she's enigmatic. Like I, it, there's a reason she's a star because there is something enigmatic about her. If you get her, you get her. But I'm constantly thinking about all the people who don't who must just feel like she's just nails against a chalkboard. Yeah, she does have that energy of sort of like that aunt that you love but you can't handle when she's like shut out up, in shut public. Shut up, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Bethany Frankel is who I am before I did the work of any yeah, Oh, wow. I, my unedited. Do you know un- her big three? No. Wait, I'm going to look She's Scorpio. Wait, is she? I'm going to look it up. Scorpio. I'm going to look it up right now. Wait, but talk about the, me while I pull up her, her astrology. Talk about drinking? Or yeah, I'm curious. Okay, so um, I would say... Okay, I think that my history of going out pretty much starts with like being a completely boy crazy love addict in like kindergarten. And for the like pretty much from like kindergarten to graduating from my all girls high school in um, uh, 12th grade would be like the uh, like dogged bloodthirsty pursuit of finding a boyfriend. (laughs) 
<laughs> that that sort yeah. of like guided my every moment. Um, what is she? Did you find it? Yeah, she's um, <laughs> she's like a huge Scorpio stellium. She has Scorpio in her Sun, Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, and Neptune are all in Scorpio. And she like doesn't have any friends. And she is, I believe, if I'm reading this correctly, a Capricorn moon and rising. Oh, my God. What a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking. Yeah, because if her. Wait. Or wait, no, I'm reading this wrong. Because this. <gasps> where is her? This one doesn't have houses, so I don't know what her rising is. Let me look at a different one. Oh, her something? birthday is one day different than mine. Oh, really? Yeah, she's the. Fr- I'm. She's the fourth. I'm the third. Jake and Bethany have a lot in common because he's also a Scorpio with a Capricorn rising. For those of you who don't know, a Capricorn is defined by being like, it's an earth sign. It's very, it can be known as very serious, known as being like old when you're young and hopefully getting younger and more lighthearted over the course of your life. You're productive. You're like, if I don't see the point of this, why am I doing it? To a fault. To a fault. Yeah. Yeah. I relate. It makes sense why I relate to her now. She's that level. Capricorn and Scorpio. That's like it, that's like my whole identity is those two signs. <laughs> but you guys present completely differently, which is why you have to look at all the other planets. Exactly. Wait. So okay. So you were bo- boy crazy love addict when you were in kindergarten. <laughs> boy crazy love addict from like kindergarten to eighteen. Um, which, I mean, I think for for me going out in high school always just meant like boys, like. Where, where you have to find boys. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but then that in college, like, went through this huge, um, I got, I got, uh, I, I've been pretty candid about this before, so I'm not really, like, revealing anything in particular, but um, I got really into Adderall, which, like, led to kind of this, like, really gorgeous zest for life that looked <laughs> like being completely manic all day and then <laughs> drinking till full blackout most nights. Yeah. So, I have a, like a very healthy passion for drinking that I think I just like exhausted because yeah. of um, my limited brain cells. <laughs> and something about that, like, I think there was a point in um, like my early 20s where I was like drinking all the time, smoking shitload of cigarettes, like, and also like kind of overweight. And I was like, let's be honest about this. Adderall thing like I think I was doing this to be thin and I'm not so what am I even doing with it anymore and when I quit taking Adderall I didn't need to drink so much and I stopped smoking so that's like an incentive to anybody who's struggling with that um but then I went through this kind of like I would say where I was like a problem fucking partier in my early 20s I went through this huge huge reversal where I then became like really unwell uh, again with this like obsession with being thin and fully did not leave the house for like many years. And wow. so where it is for me right now is like, um, and I, that is now like a decade ago, yeah. but um, I know so clearly what life looks like when I'm not allowed to leave the house because of a pandemic yeah. or not allowed to leave the house because of like a, an obsession that rules my um, body yeah. that I'm now really fucking interested in going out. <laughs> I'm really interested in it. I want to like be with people, yeah, be having friends. I still am not like a foodie. I don't really care, but I want to be there. Yeah, Wherever it is, 
I want to be there. I just also want to sleep. And those yeah. are my conditions. <laughs> no, and I think, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. It sounds like you are primed to make a return to coming out or going out in a way that like, I think would be really, really outstanding. I'm, because I'm I think doing you, it. Yes, it, yeah. you are. Yeah. I believe in you because I think it's like, you know, you know what's going to work and what doesn't. Like in, it, on multiple levels, sleep wise, right. substance wise, right. and like socializing wise. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, so this is where I left off about drinking. What's funny for me about drinking is like having gone for a, some time without really doing it. It's now where like I have a glass of wine and I feel it the next day like I am a decrepit old woman. Wow. Alcohol, too strong for me. Mind bending hallucinogens. I could do those all day. Yeah. And frequently do. I really respect it. I really <laughs> respect it. And I, I'm honestly moving towards it. I'm Let honestly. Let me help you, please. Yes. Let me be I'm going to come, Sherpa. I'm going to come to LA once I, I almost said once I graduate Fringe. <laughs> it feels like I'm leaving for college. I don't know why. Yeah. Feel, it's only five weeks. It's going to well, be fine. baby. I'm a baby. You're going abroad. <laughs> but I'm going, but when I come back, I want to go do that because I'm similarly, I drink often and I go out a lot yeah. and I'm getting a little, I'm not going to lie, I'm getting a little tired of alcohol. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I think it's maybe just like as my 20s wrap up and I'm moving into 30, I'm not like I need to cut it out and it's like this, it's like a no-go, like I'm changing my whole life. But like, I went out last night to dinner with my friend who doesn't, who doesn't drink and like we had this like gorgeous meal and this is actually funny because I also think I, I was never like in treatment for it or like diagnosed for it, but I do think I had a lot of eating disorder tendencies when I was in my like mid to late teens into mm -hmm. college. And I think drinking intersected with it in a really weird way because I was like, I used, I would have never ordered like a soda because it was like fattening, but I would order a beer cause that's okay. Cause it's a adult drink that you drink and you get drunk. Sure, you are a rising Capricorn, and you see the fucking function in yeah. everything. Yeah, so like, was, there was a functionality. This? But like right. last night, I was like, "Oh, I can just get a soda, and I don't even have to get like yeah. a diet coke. Like I can get like a fruit soda, yeah. and that's not any more or less like mature than getting like a margarita." Do you know what I mean? It's like pleasure. It's like pleasure, and I was like, yeah. it was just like realizing like leaving kind of like those sort of notions of my twenty. Like I'm, a, I maybe I'm also just like deciding to tie it onto my 20s so that I can like leave it in the, the past, that notion. But I was like, oh yeah, like I don't need to like, not that I ever like feel like I need to drink. I don't really think that's what I feel, but like just, it, it was something specific about a soda was really interesting to me last night. I was thinking about it a lot. Also my, my the person I was having dinner with was 20 minutes late. So I had time to think while I waited for him. How, how dare he? And also, um, you know, I think it's this thing where like, I don't know what exactly compelled this, but I'm so glad that it happened where I just, there was a point in my life where I was just like, I just, I want to feel really fucking sexy yeah. without being drunk. And I yeah. want to feel really fun without being drunk. And I want to feel really present and honest and transparent without being drunk. And so I just kind of like, demanded that of myself. Good for you. And and it really is not because I have any judgment about alcohol. I wish, I, you know, I actually do think maybe it's time I give it the time that it always deserves. <laughs> I think it really drunk alcohol and cigarettes. I never really gave them enough of a chance. <laughs> maybe I need to go back to them. But um, it's just that they make me feel sick. It's not anything bigger than that. Yeah. And here's the thing. If I'm going to do MDMA 
like ayahuasca, mushrooms, oh, fucking, you know, ketamine, whatever it is. Like I under, not ketamine. There's no hangover with ketamine. It is a fucking gift to <laughs> mental health. Circle back. Yeah. But um, the other ones, like I know there's going to be a huge hangover, but I also, I'm so committed to awakening and yeah. to like the therapeutic point of it. It's like you and the Well, it's soda. the Capricorn thing. You're exactly. talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, there's a, there's an achievement to it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's so interesting. I do, cause I really love mushrooms and I think it's a similar thing where there's like, I think that like. Do you binge with mushrooms or is this just like an eating disordered thing? Uh, circle back to that. I didn't mean it. Binge on food or take a lot of mushrooms when I take a lot of mushrooms? I want to know the end of your sentence, which I'm sure you've now forgotten because I just steamrolled it. I think I was actually finishing. I don't think I had more to say. You said something about mushrooms, but then... Oh, just that when I take mushrooms, I feel very like... Um, I, in a weird way, there's like a, pra it really brings me to the present in a way where I don't have to think about like, where are we going next? What are we doing? I, it brings me to like a place of yes. contentment that I don't think I'm able to achieve on my own a lot of the time. But I find in the weeks to months after I've done mushrooms, it is easier for me to achieve that state without them. Well, that has been clinically proven. Right? It has, right? A lot of my, okay, so I kind of have like obliquely referenced this, but I'll, basically though, the 90%, 10% that I referred to earlier has to do with the fact that, like, I was sharing with you yesterday. I'm in this community in L.A. where we use plant medicine yeah. as um, a growth modality, right? It's like group therapy. And so um, a lot of the time it's really fun and it yeah. feels like a party. And a lot of the time it's really hard work. But I'm so. And how often do you guys meet? Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, that's okay. Um, so there are like ceremonies that are not all inclusive. So like I've been shooting in Toronto for a couple months. I've missed a bunch. But like, I don't know, like every six weeks. Nice. Much. Okay, cool. And I like it, it sort of my involvement really started from a place of pain. Yeah. Like I'm not satisfied with this part of my life or this addiction or whatever. But like. I fucking fixed all that. And now it kind of is just that like, I'm a cosmonaut and I'm like, what else is out there? What else is possible? Let's blow the lid off. So like, yeah. I want to take it to an 11 in the container of like therapy. Yeah. But like, I'm not really up for like getting drunk at a party. I'm just not, it feels like, I feel checked out rather than checked in. And I'm obsessed with checked in. Yeah, I think I really agree with what you're saying. And I think you need, but I think you can be checked in at the right party. Well, because I guess it's also just, it's maybe what you think of as a party. Like, because like what you just described to me could be, could be called a party, right? Like a bunch of people getting together and taking hallucinogens and like talking. Some people might call that a party. Some, I would say many people <laughs> might call that a party. But I think maybe what you're classifying as a party is something where innate to the fact that it's a party is that people are checked out. That people are like individually chasing whatever and it's not connective. You've just revealed something to me, which is that I have been such a Capricorn about this <laughs> yeah. drug use yeah. and I need to just do drugs for fun. <laughs> yeah, you can just do drugs for fun. Well, that is It's definitely funny because it's like you and I are similar, but like on opposite sides of it, sort of. <laughs> it's very funny. It's funny because I do sort of feel like at the end of many of these ceremonies, that is what's reflected back to me, which is that like, f like fun 
is God. Like that is, that is the, the like highest spiritual lesson is joy always. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cause it's like, it's, I think we can't, exp- it's hard to accept that because it is a, um, it's liminal. It's like impermanent. Like we want it to be this thing that comes and stays, but the fact that by the nature, what makes it intrinsic to its, its existence is yeah. the fact that it is fleeting and ends in an instant or ends like without our control. Well, I think that there is like the, the value is in the contrast, right? So it's the yoga between like the, the, the time where you are feeling like exaltation and then, and then kind of when you step away from that and you like go back into the shadow so that you remember to come home to the, yeah. that like one can't really exist without the other. How, I guess I'm just so curious through all of these different sort of phases you've gone. Yeah. How have you been an actor through those times? <laughs> um, with like humble mortification. I mean, <laughs> how have I been an actor through all of those times? I mean, I'm not sure how to answer that. I, I think that like, what is the question behind your question? That's a good question. I've looked a lot of different ways. I've been a lot of different kinds of depressed or not depressed. I've, you know, like all of that stuff has been going on in the background of my field when I'm working. But like I. I guess uh, to be honest, it's coming from a place of like I find when my mental health is low, I lose, I lose almost all touch with like my creative ability. I find it very, very hard to write. I find it very, very hard to even like be excited to do something. Like I find it very hard to connect with like the things about, and like. It's the one thing I don't struggle with. Really? So you can show up to like acting without. My sister said to me something once that I found to be really profound, which is that she was like, you make things that most people could never dream of handling. Like being the lead of a TV show looks so fucking easy. And you make things that most people don't even have to think about, like eating dinner, look fucking impossible. <laughs> and, and she was 100% right. What is behind that, do you think? I guess that's me asking you, like, the, the key to your entire self. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. There is something... I don't struggle with acting. And it's not because it comes to me naturally. I have, I am obsessed with mastering this thing. I am constantly in class. I am constantly coaching other people, being coached. I am, I don't care if I am alone in my parents' living room putting on a play for one person. I did Cat on a Hot Tin Roof in suburban Illinois because I am, I am like constantly in pursuit of that like click. Yeah. Of, That was it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that is what you're chasing every time you try it out. Of course, of course. But like it, for me, it really is most of the time it's a relief for my personal service. Like it is a relief from my, from the, from the, um, like ball of yarn that my mind is always looking for in idleness. So I don't love being on set even a little bit. It is constantly downtime. It is constantly open fucking season at the buffet. It's like, it's just, it's like, powerlessness trapped it's a lot but um to actually be in the work is usually just a relief from my bullshit so yeah it's like a relief when they call action like from yeah and the thing about it that is tricky in a way that I really have not solved is that I do have insomnia that is like a thing that I live with all the time it's why I started 
it's why I started this thing that has now come to haunt me, which is in the pandemic, I started an ASMR channel because I was listening to ASMR every day and feeling so much gratitude for like these like innocent tweens who like didn't know any better than to ramble on about the boys that they had crushes on in high school. It's so fascinating. But like listening to it just put me into like a coma and I started feeling like, you know what, an adult really should be getting in the field here. There aren't that many like adults talking about adult subjects that aren't like, you know, e eating um, a lot of food, a lot of food, <laughs> which I also really like to watch. But like um, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And now and then I did it and I did it for like a while. And then I just started feeling like, what the fuck did I sign up for? Like, this is I feel so. Exposed. Overexposed. Yeah. And I don't know how to make this worthwhile if I'm not. Like, if if I'm just doing another this is what's in my purse video, like, that exists. So why would I be doing it? Yeah. But then also, I don't, like, if I want to get any more specific and interesting, I have to start talking about people who have not signed up to be a part of this. And so that feels kind of, like, gross. Yeah, that is an interesting line to have to I tell. I don't remember how we got here. Insomnia. Insomnia. I'm constantly at work at 5 a.m. Yeah. It makes me feel like a goddamn goblin, gremlin, <laughs> like suicidal, homicidal Monster. maniac. Yeah. I look like garbage in a way that's almost impossible for any professional <laughs> to fix. And it is very hard to feel connected to any kind of inspiration. I've never been able to get through that. I have plenty of good days, but like those bad days happen on every job and it yeah. really breaks my heart. Yeah. And do you just have to kind of like, know like today is going to be a bad day and I hope that I sleep tonight and tomorrow's better. It is a really powerful dance with the me that sees the bigger picture that knows that like, this is a moment in time that my one sweet life is like not going to hinge on how perfect or imperfect this scene is. But there's a kind of heartbreak um, between like, the idea of what I think might have been possible if I had felt well. Oh, it's chronic illness. Really. Yeah. It's like, chronic. and have you always had insomnia at that level? <sighs> when did I really start having insomnia? Um, I have to say, I think it started in my mid twenties. It's oh, been okay. a while. And I have like a very, very good routine with it now, but, um, it's not, uh, I, I don't want to like jinx it. It's in such a good place at the moment. But, but th no, this yeah. is to shoot a TV show or a film is to constantly be, challenge that. Be jet lagged, right? Yeah. So, like on a Monday morning, you're there at 5 a.m. On a Friday night, you're there until 5 a.m. And then it starts again. So, it's, um, they make this thing that is for me like just this missing piece of my, it's like the crown on my mental health is this acting thing. They make it so fucking hard <laughs> to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so. it's a challenge. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm curious, what does your, when you're not working, because obviously we just said it like really fucks everything up. What does your social life how do you tend to socialize? Are you out a lot? Are you like seeing a ton of different people? Like I know we're not at parties, but do you love a lot of like the dates we did I yesterday? I do love parties. <laughs> I do. I don't know. I really front like I am. Um, no, you want to know what? I feel shame. I think I feel shame about the number of years I spent as a homebody because it was just anxiety. And that hasn't been true 
in so long. And now I am, I actually, it is like a point of pride to be at your birthday party, to be at your wedding, to be at your, like I fly across the country to show up for my friends. It is important to me more than it is important to them to like prove to myself that I'm giving myself the life I deserve. I really do that. Um, Coming back from what was just a very long period of shooting in Toronto where I didn't really have any friends, I'm actually like voracious about going out. I want to be going out to dinner. I don't want to be eating meals at night by myself anymore. I, um, I, yeah, I want to know where the hang is. and, And like in LA, that typically means it's, happening on the earlier side people probably aren't drinking as much because they're driving but like yeah i happen to be friends with a group of people who really like doing uh both recreational and professional drugs <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely like uh and how long is when did that start for you this like journey because i you're talking about it yesterday you're talking today and it does sound yeah. like really beautiful honestly like it feels like it's been very healing for you it didn't come from 12 step like the the people that I got into it with were not 12 steppers but I was in 12 step when I was getting into it and uh, in doing so I've met a bunch of other people who are like in AA or whatever and it's a part of their it's a part of their 11th step and the 11th step is when you um really like deepen your relationship with a higher power and I think that's you know, whether that higher power is like love or Mm -hmm. my highest self or it is the divine or whatever, Mm -hmm. like that is, I think a big kind of, um, that's a big element here. It was what kind of, it was my, I would say it was like my dissatisfaction with my addiction that, and my like curiosity about how much bigger life could be that got me into it. And now it's just like, um, I know. It's just like my friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there any sort of, um, in your experience with that, this like exploration and expansion and like being a cosmonaut, yeah. do you feel like there's any sort of like, um, edge to it? Like, or are you like, I like, are, do you feel like it's en- like you could keep exploring endlessly with it? Or do you feel like at some point it's like, what am I trying to say? Well, I think what you're saying is, no, no, I, I think you're absolutely saying, I, I understand what you're saying. Okay. I think that the most important thing to remember about it is that a couple of things. First of all, like I describe it as though it's this kind of like, um, like utopian, like love fest. And <laughs> it is in a way, but also it's really hard work. And I see yeah. a lot of stuff about myself that I have to handle and it's scary and it's um de- and it's, it's scary. It's like meeting the parts of myself that I run from. Yeah. So that's a thing that doesn't want, make me want to do it every day. But then the other thing is that I'm also very aware of like the reason that I do that stuff is for the life and that the living and the integrating and the relationships and the sobriety and the Tuesdays at 3 PM. So it's, you can come back to your life and have it be better. Right. And, and actually that is kind of a concept I think I got from 12 step, which is like, you don't go to 12 step meetings in order to get good at going to 12 step meetings. You go to 12 step meetings, you can get good at your life. And like, fuck it's the, it's the, yeah, it's the integrating so that when I meet people who don't do that kind of work at all, like I'm, um, I'm, I'm in my, I'm the person who doesn't have to drink in order to feel sexy, have fun, and, like, be really checked in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is really, um, 
I'm very impressed with the level of like self work <laughs> that has gone into like. This is. I started by telling you that before the self work, I was Bethany Frankel. If you were Bethany Frankel. <laughs> Frankly, I can't say that because it doesn't seem like she's really working on herself, but I found that state to be total agony, which was like, how do I, how do I relate to her? I mean, I just see the level of like, she's in any given room. She's clearly the smartest person and that has awarded her nothing. Like she's not the happiest person in any room that she's in. She's like constantly (laughs) suffering that woman. She lives in an unending spiral of obsession. She is like a beast that will never be fed. It feels like. And she's also clearly got an eating disorder. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's like, this is the thing is it's like, I think what what I'm relating to so much about what you're talking about, and I think it comes back to the Capricorn thing, and then I also tend to then like really kind of extrapolate it to like what we've been, what is like a product of us being raised within capitalism, is like I'm so goal-oriented and also feel like my entire everything I ha- I'm doing has to be for an end, like to produce to get something to the next place. So like when I'm like you gamify it, I gamify it, but I also like I constantly put like pressure on myself yeah. to like it's funny because people don't get this. Like I was a terrible student. I didn't do homework. I didn't do, I like never did homework in high school. I never did homework in college. I got good grades. I learned how to like maneuver the system, but I was like, I couldn't bring myself. I was talking about this last night. Like I couldn't bring myself to do a worksheet in math where it was like the same, like the distance formula where it'd be like, do the distance formula in these like 16 different problems. I'd be like, I know for a fact I'm not going into math and I already understand it to the level I ever will need to. I cannot bring myself to do this worksheet of paper. Why? So that like, I can get a grade on it tomorrow that I don't particularly care about. And therefore like I couldn't bring myself to do it, but I constantly have, I constantly felt like I needed to be like, I constantly felt like I was wasting time not being like an artist (laughs) because that was like what I wanted to do. I absolutely understand you. And I think it's just that I have applied a kind of capitalist consumerism to my spiritual growth, which is that (laughs) I'm like, okay, I already know what life looks like if I don't leave the house tonight and I, you know, like binge eat sugar-free mints in front of, you know, Real Housewives of Orange <laughs> County. Like, I, that's great. And there's no problem with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that lifestyle. And for anyone who wants it, I want you to have it. I think it's great. It's just that I actually already know what that looks like. And I think that I, not you, I don't mean this prescriptively for anyone, am supposed to have a fucking enormous life. And so I don't think my life is going to get any more fucking enormous by doing that. So yeah. I have, like put the point on pretty much every experience being like, how is this going to make my life bigger? And I think that that is almost like most, like most um, visceral for me when it comes down to like meditation and like breath work. And like, if this is going to reveal some part of like me or what's bigger than me to me, then that's the point. And I don't know what the point would be of doing a math worksheet, except I think at that point I like had the unbelievable fear of God in me that like if I didn't go to an incredible school, yeah, my father would end me. So <laughs> there was a point to that. Yeah, because it's interesting that like I think that people would sort of stereotype what you're talking like the how you've been talking about this stuff as like a very West Coast 
demeanor. I'm born and bred in New York City. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see. But that also is the West Coast. No one who lives in LA is from LA. They're all recovering New Yorkers. Pretty <laughs> Do much. you view, that's, an, here's something I'm really interested in. Do you view New York and growing up in New York as something you had to recover from? I viewed, um, I think I will always be recovering from a level of taking myself too seriously. And there was just uh, a, uh, there was just a way in which the intensity of New York um, uh, enabled that. Like- That's so real. People in LA struggle, but they don't suffer. In New York, it's like the rent is too damn high. You're either like d- can't leave your house because it's freezing or because it's boiling. Like it's it's. Yeah. And my parents are here, and so like, <laughs> <laughs> that that it's just I I I have brought a like life or death level of stakes to what pants I wear when I leave the house, and like everything about that is somewhat alleviated in Los Angeles. Yeah. But that. also everyone is a ding-dong, dumbo-dumb. So that there is a payoff for that. <laughs> That's not true at all, what I just said, but true. No, but I get what you mean. Like when I, like, I, like the, the there are conveniences that come in living, from living in a place where everyone is under an enormous amount of stress all the time. Yeah. The efficiency with which like a checkout at a store happens, I think is like one of the more <laughs> prime examples. You're correct. Um, I was in Vermont the other day and I went, ran into the store to buy something. And I was like, oh yeah, I have 10 minutes like before I have to get on this train. It's plenty of time. The leisure with which people were moving to the store. I was like, I'm never going to get these headphones before I get on this fucking train. I just say, like backing up three minutes, I can't remember another moment in my life than when I felt more pressure to be getting it fucking right than your age. Like I, I'm, really? I'm a couple years older, just, just one or two yeah. years older than Jake. And like, I think that I really felt like every single day something about me, my beauty, my my value, my like just something life giving and worthy about me was expiring. And it, I've just found the <sighs> opposite to be true. I know. I truly feel and I don't even know it's not about those things, but I do feel right now is like the part of my life where everything is on the line. Like You're if like I- in your male fertility window right now. <laughs> They think that there is a thing. There's like a pressure on. It's like, it feels like if I don't, it feels like right now is like, it's never been more. I've never had more of an opportunity to fuck it all up. And I've never had more pressure to get it all right than right now is a thing I I do feel internally. And it's refreshing to hear you say that because that tells me it is maybe not true. Yeah. It's just not. But it's like, it is, it's there is like a pressure there that is really intense. And I think also what you're talking about with like the New York pressure of taking yourself so seriously and feeling that pressure, there's a release I find in being in New York, staying in New York and figuring out how to exist without that to be like, wait, I can exist among all this hustle and bustle, but not absorb it. And then it becomes fun. And that has, I feel like been the past like two years for me. Has that been a transition so into that, but it's been hard. But I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. A lot. Of, I think a lot of people take a lot longer to get there. Maybe I think that yeah. Or have to move to California. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, I'm. I feel like you have been talking a lot. Like a lot of what you've been saying 
it sounds like you're kind of envisioning this next phase of your like going out journey a little bit. The simple pleasures of my going out life today are I fucking love a raw bar. I want I want mm-hmm. naked ass fish. And yeah. I'm not talking about like a couple. I want a tower to myself. Yeah. I want a gorgeous, crisp, basic fucking white girl glass of sparkling rosé. <laughs> I want there to be a dance element. Yeah. If it's like someone's house party or someone's like, you know, wedding or someone's whatever, I live for a dance element. And um, I just want there to be like, some, I want someone to leave something on the table without breaking their dignity. I want someone to leave some blood, sweat, and tears on the table, some like something to get opened, something to get transformed or revealed or unloaded or something without like embarrassing themselves. That's what I want out of a night. That, and I think that specific grain is what I connected with you most yesterday was I do feel like we were like, we're meeting up for an hour, hour and a half. Like we're not this, we, this, we were not planning to meet up all day. We both had plans after, but we were like, it was there was no small talk. I want to know you. I want to I know you. I don't want to know. I love you on your podcast. And there are some people who I really only want to know on their podcast. I was like, I want to know this guy. We can do this. Let's get into it. But not be those girls who like, you know, in back in the day when we would audition in rooms, like be opening up in a seeming way that was like very unboundaried about like the, you know, abortion that we'd just come from. It seems like <laughs> it's like that that thing of like, let's not. Let's not use intimacy as a currency. Whoa, Let's, yeah. like, actually just be, like, I don't know. It's sort of like being like, hey, here's where I'm at. And then I'm being like, oh, here's where I'm at. And then we yeah. sort of, like, shared back and forth until we, we explained. And I was, it made me very excited for the next time we hang out. Me, Do you know what I mean? That's not too. recorded. It's <laughs> read me publicly. Me because too. I think that, yeah, it's that thing of wanting... I like that. Something being left on the table, like walking away. I do feel, cause I feel if I have like a night out with a group of people, we went to dinner, we just got drinks and no one ever went deep. I sort of leave feeling a little crazy. Mm-hmm. If it was just like surfacey talk for like three hours, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a psychiatric blue ball almost. Like there's like a, there's like a lack of release where I'm sort of like, what the fuck was that? It's the kind of um, extroversion that I find depleting. Yes. When it's like, when this isn't about like. When you can sense someone doesn't want to go deep and they're like, don't ask me those questions. That's right. It starts to feel kind of like, you know what? Being around people right now is kind of like a cipher where like if I were on my own, I could be in an authentic experience but this is actually like keeping a lid on my humanity yes yes this is like other people's discomfort is just kind of getting like enabled and we're keeping it at this hum yeah and i i truly loathe that yeah and now that is the sort of party that i will leave yeah if i'm like oh this is like all just for us to be in the same room but like we don't want to do anything else more than that i will remove myself from that because i find it i find it beyond depleting i actually find it like depressing it makes me feel sad 100 i cannot wait for you to come to la and sit in a circle and just like open up about your childhood see See, and this is okay because i actually think because like when you do comedy in New York, all people do is like talk about how bad LA is. Like that's what everyone wants to talk about. And I actually, and I had never, I went to LA for the first time. Oh, I guess it was like 2018. So it's been a minute, but it was like only for like a weekend. And then like, I spent a full week in LA this earlier this year and I started hanging out and becoming close with people that like live in LA. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is the good side of LA. Is that like, 
You're a thousand percent right. I mean, if you think about LA, it's really just a beautiful backdrop against which you can cast whoever you want because you never fucking have to see anybody you don't want to see. But if you don't get into the right group, you're really at a loss. But if you do get into the right group, like those other people don't exist. You go from your apartment into a car to another person's apartment. It's not like you have to interface with anyone. That's so interesting. You've done a good sell on it for me. I'm excited to come visit and talk about my child. You're welcome. Okay. I like to end these episodes. This was very fast, but time goes by fast when (laughs) you're connecting. What I like to plan our next night out together. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I think, are you coming to LA? I'll come to LA. Okay. I think you're coming to LA. Yep. I'm going to bring you over to my friend Melissa's house. Great. Melissa has um, the most gorgeous, it's not a a Frank Lloyd Wright house, but it's like this unbelievable, it looks like it's a spaceship out of the 70s. In her backyard, there is a fire pit. There is like a a beautiful ranch with like a, with like beehives and stuff. And we're going to oh go God, over there. Amazing. We're going to go over there at like um, seven. They're going to put the hot tub on. There's going to probably be 10 or 12 people there. And you and I are going to have our own time on the drive over where we like really get into it and catch up. And then I'm going to let you fly among this group of people that you can't believe are not actors. They are um, so beautiful. It is like severely humbling you're going to taste 14 different kinds of wine that are going around and um, eat Melissa's unbelievable cooking and we're just going to like see where the night takes us this sounds like my dream this sounds like a perfect night I can't wait thank you so much for doing the show this was so fun we did it Bye. Bye. (laughs) thank you so much for listening to going out with Jake Cornell If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seesai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to VinePair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. 